啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦啦。I swore I would never sing on my own show again, and yet there we are. And no, I haven't even had a glass of mulled wine yet. So I'm in all of a Christmassy mood over here. We're going to be doing a different kind of episode today. Today I am answering your questions. I gave you the opportunity via email in our Facebook group, Limitless Mothers, and over on Instagram to ask your questions. And so today I'm answering them. Grab a glass. Of mulled wine, and won't you join me for this Christmas Ask Me Anything Q and A episode? Let's do it. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood, money making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother, not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, and Merry Christmas, Limitless Mothers. How are you doing? It's Corrie Javid here from CorrieJavid.com. I'm in the most festive and Christmassy mood, and I'm excited to bring you this Christmas Q&A today. (laughs) I've been having the most festive morning as well. I spent an hour at the church behind our house where my daughter was doing her Christmas carol service and all the kids were singing and it was really adorable. And one of the kids, bless him, was like really enjoying the singing and absolutely feeling the music. And I just loved watching his little face. It was so adorable. So that's been my morning so far. And later today, I am going to get my nails done. And yes, I'm going for a sparkly red. I don't normally do colors with my nails. I'm quite boring. (laughs) I like neutrals. But I'm going for the festive sparkly red. So it's all happening over here. Everything's festive nails and all. What are you up to? Are you on the countdown for Christmas? If you're listening to this live, then it's Christmas Eve. You made it. You got there. It's Christmas tomorrow. I hope that you're enjoying yourself, unwinding, maybe having a glass of champagne or some mulled wine. Maybe you got your Christmas jammies on. Hey, no shame in that game. My daughter and I have matching Christmas jammies. Oh yes, we do. And yes, mine are children's pajamas, (laughs) not even the adult size ones, because I am the size of a child. Okay, so um, I always get to decide what we talk about on the show. As you know, well, it is my show after all. But today, you decided. Today's episode is a collaborative creation. I haven't prepared at all. (laughs) The questions have been collated from Facebook and Instagram and email. And here I am with them in front of me. And I'm literally just going to read them out and then answer them and we'll see where it takes us. Oh, before we dive in though, I've been making something for you. Yes, you. For the new year. Oh my goodness, you're going to love it. And no, I'm not talking about limitless money. That is going to be opening in the new year. I already made that. (laughs) I I made you something for free because I've been thinking about Um, And I've mentioned this to you on the show before as well. I've been thinking about the fact that I'm now making five times what I was making in the corporate space. And I'm going to do an episode specifically on that. Um, But I've been reflecting on it. And when I do, when I achieve a milestone or do something new, I always think about how can I use this to help you? That's just where my brain goes, right? And so I'm doing something for free for you in the new year. 
I'm going to be talking about it directly after Christmas. All my days, you're going to love it. And I know for sure it's going to be the perfect thing for you to do in the new year. So just make sure you're on my email list. If you're not on my email list, what are you doing with your Tuesdays? Because I send really great emails on Tuesdays, just saying. If you're not on my email list, head over to corriejavid.com. And right at the top, there is an announcement bar. If you click it, you can sign up to my email list and get the free gift of my morning mindset routine template bonus. But also, I will be emailing everybody on my email list to let them know just after Christmas what this fabulous free thing is that I've created for you that you are going to love and it is going to give your new year that bang of a start that you want. Eek! Okay. So let's do this. I'm just going to read these questions in order. I don't have a huge amount of time because I actually have a client call in a little while. And so I'm just going to stop when I get to either the end of the questions that we have or the end of my allotted time, whichever comes first. Um, If I don't get to your question, I may well do another one of these episodes because we did have a lot of questions. So you ladies like to ask me anything. Um, So if it proves to be that popular, then we might do another one. So if your question doesn't get answered today, I'm sorry, my love. And I will endeavor to answer it in a forthcoming episode. And I'm always interested to know what you want to know. So this has been useful for me too. Are you ready? Let's do this. Here we go. So the first question comes from Casey Van Putten and it says, I'd love to know your story, what struggles you had, obstacles you faced, adversity, can't speak, adversities you overcame to where you are today. I'd love to hear more about your childhood experiences and how they shaped the woman and mother you are today. Thanks for your question, Casey. Um, So I actually did a full episode on my story in terms of my story as it relates to business. So I'm not going to recover that now, but I will get the team to link up that episode in the show notes for you in case you didn't listen and you would love to have a listen. Um, But in terms of, let me see, childhood experiences and how they shaped me as woman and mother I am today. Well, that's quite an easy one to answer. My mum is like the best role model ever. (laughs) So we moved to the UK from Canada when I was five. And my mum was a single mum at that time. And we came over here uh, on holiday. And she, while we were here, applied for jobs, got offered two, not just one, but two um, professional roles, really great jobs, in fact. And she decided, you know what, we're going to move. Now, she lived in the prairies in Canada from the sort of town that has that small town kind of vibe that people just didn't really leave. And we're talking about the 80s here. So it's not as easy. It wasn't as easy back then to just pick up and move your life and small child across to the other side of the world. But she did it. And to me, that has been such a strong example in my life that we can just do what we want to do. She demonstrated to me in that time just such like resilience and bravery and strength and courage. And as I've become a mother myself, I knew it even at the time, I think. But as I become a mother myself, I appreciate that even all the more. And I kind of recognize how much bravery and courage that took from her um, to do it, especially back then. So that was a big and kind of formative part of my childhood because I left everything that I knew in Canada and we set up life here in the UK. And we, you know, settled in quite quickly. I settled in really quickly because 
I was an adaptive child. And also, I lost my Canadian accent in less than two weeks. <laughs> Fun fact, I can't even really do a very convincing fake Canadian accent now, which is quite hilarious considering I used to have one. And I settled into school pretty well and pretty quickly. And I felt like this was my home. And I just feel um, like British. Don't really identify with being Canadian because we've been here since I was five. Like I said, I know that for mum, though, um, it wasn't as easy. And so she felt like, um, you know, that it was harder to fit in. And culturally, I think Canada and the UK were far more different than we are now. We share a lot of like pop culture and stuff now. And Things like that do make a difference and kind of bridge gaps and things. So I do think that she felt like um, she wasn't so kind of easy to slot in to life here. Does that make sense? But because we moved here and because my mum is really big into art she and history, she was just so excited for us to be in such a culturally rich place in terms of all the heritage um, that we have access to in the UK and in Europe. And so we spent a lot of my childhood going to art galleries and stately homes like uh, across the UK and across Europe. So we went to like the Van Gogh museums in Amsterdam and we went to Paris several times before I was even 10. And we went to Tunisia and experienced the souk markets there. Like we did all sorts of things like that. And she wasn't really one for, because it was just her and I, she wasn't one for doing the typical kind of kiddie type holidays or activities. She was like, well, this interests me. I'm sure it can interest her too. And, and took me along. And that really opened up my eyes to those sorts of things and to travel as well. And I kind of owe a lot of my curiosity in terms of other cultures to having been quite well traveled in that way when I was um, a young child. And also just being expected to be interested in things like art and culture and history at a really young age. And I kind of expect the same of my daughter now. And I think it's kind of a bit more normal now, but I don't think it was totally normal back then. She used to just take me out of school and be like, hey, we're going to go and learn about Shakespeare and go to Shakespeare's birthplace for the next couple of days. So she's not going to be at school. I mean, and I would be like, I don't know, maybe seven, like not the point at which you would normally be studying Shakespeare and stuff. So yeah, so that was um, a really kind of big part of my childhood. And the other thing about my mum and my childhood is that my mum was a professional woman. She was started out as like a computer programmer and then a programmer analyst and a project manager. And she moved up and up and up the corporate ladder. And she was really successful in her career and did really well for herself, particularly and even all the more so for um, a woman in the 80s. And I think that has really shaped the woman that I am now in many ways. So she always told me to believe that I could do anything that I want to do. And so I, I really owe a lot of that mindset to her. Also, though, I saw how hard that was for her, you know, working full time in a corporate male dominated world. And that made me want something different for myself. And I really recognize that we, us women and mothers today, we have so much more opportunity, not just in the world of work, but like in the online space. If we don't like what's going on in the corporate world, we get to set up our own businesses and be our own bosses and make money on our terms online. That wasn't possible to my mom's generation. And so one of the reasons why I feel so motivated in my business um, to succeed and to achieve is because I feel like I kind of owe it to her because she, <laughs> in, a, in a way, if that makes sense, or it, it's kind of a tribute to her, if that makes sense, because she didn't 
have that possibility herself. So she was doing her best with the opportunities available to her. And she, you know, she did really well and she provided really well for me um, and was a really strong role model and did the absolute best that she could with the circumstances that she had. Um, but I just recognize that I have more opportunity and we do have things easier in that respect. You know, we can create an online business and work from home and make a ton of money doing it and do work that we love. And so I feel like it would be ungrateful <laughs> for me <laughs> to not make the most of that opportunity. Does that make sense? So that's a really big thing to me. And so Yes, all of those things have shaped the kind of um, the woman and the mother that I am today. So I hope that's in part answered your question, Casey. It's kind of hard answering those sorts of questions because I feel like I could just, you know, talk for days about my childhood and, and my view of like, I don't know, motherhood and stuff like that. But, you know, in the interests of keeping this short and sweet and getting to other people's questions, I will go to the next one. So this one comes from Linda Vezzoli. I hope I haven't really butchered your surname there, Linda. She says, I'd love to know more about your journaling and what you write in it every day. I'm just starting my journaling journey, so I have no idea. Also, how to use money mindset to approach existing debt. Okay, so we got two questions there and one really, Linda. So the first one around journaling, I talk about journaling a little bit inside of my free template, which is my morning mindset routine template and I talk about my morning mindset routine in particular and how I use journaling within that if you don't have that already you can get that on my homepage of my website corriejavid.com like I explained at the top of the show and the other episode that you can listen to if you haven't already is let me think bear with me I'm going to find out the name of it bear with me while I just look that up um Okay, so it was the how I use gratitude to get what I want and you can too episode. And so, um, so it's giving you a little bit of a hint there. So in terms of journaling, I use journaling in a few different ways. I use journaling sometimes to record what I've been doing, what I've been achieving. I use it to make requests to the universe. And as you ladies will know, if you listened to the last, I think it was the last episode of the show, I was actually sharing some extracts from my journal. So Linda, you get an actual insight if you're interested in that episode. Um, but as the name of that other episode would suggest, I use my journal in a big part for gratitude and maybe not in the way that lots of people talk about gratitude. So I don't just sort of end the day listing out three things I'm grateful for, my family, my health, my home. <laughs> like I, don't, I know that makes me sound like I'm not grateful for those things. Of course I am. But when we just list out those same things every day, it doesn't really have the impact that we want it to. So I use journaling also to express future-based gratitude. So gratitude for the things that I desire in my life, the ways that I want to feel, the things that I want to have, the way that I want to be. I express gratitude in advance for those things. And that's one of the ways I train myself to get into the vibration of the thing that I want so that I can manifest it. And let me say it works like magic. <laughs> um, because it just I have so much evidence of things that I've written down in that way and they are true now. And so that's one of the ways that I use um journaling. I also use it um to request guidance from the universe as well. So I don't really brainstorm my way to big business ideas. <laughs> I just have an inkling that I desire to create something or serve in a different way or 
I'll have like maybe the start of an idea, but not the whole thing. And I just send a request to the universe and then I just sit and wait for the answer. So sometimes I will literally just sit there. I might meditate. Sometimes I nap with my um, journal next to me, but I have that kind of blank page with the request written on it and I just wait for the answer to come to me. So sometimes it's just things like the name for this podcast. I didn't know what I wanted to call the podcast. In fact, I had a different name and I realized I couldn't use it. Somebody was already using that name for something else. And I was like, oh, I'm going to need a new name. And I didn't want to struggle my way there or like mentally effort my way there. So I just asked the universe, what should I call my podcast? <laughs> I asked in my journal and the word limitless came to me. So those are some of the ways that I use my journal. But I journal every single morning without fail in the last 12 months, the number of times that I haven't journaled, you could count on one hand. I am that committed to it. And it isn't willpower. It isn't a decision. It's just what I do. It's who I am. So if you want a morning mindset practice and, you know, it doesn't have to be journaling. Journaling is not the only thing that I do for mindset practice. I want to make that really clear as well. It's just one of the things that I do. But if you want any kind of mindset practice, um, then one of the easiest things that you can do is stop making it like a decision every day and start making it just who you are and just what you do so that you've decided kind of in advance, I just am the sort of person who journals every day. Like that's just who I am. Does that make sense? It makes it much easier than waking up and feeling like, oh, should I journal? I can't journal. Finding the reasons not to or not really want to, whatever the thing is. But Again, it doesn't mean that everybody has to journal. So I enjoy using it as one of the things that I do to keep my mindset in check, but it's not the only thing that I do. And if it doesn't work for you, don't use it. Find something that works better for you. Um, the other part of Linda's question was how to use money mindset to approach existing debt. Um, that's an amazing question. And I'm so pleased that you asked this because we haven't talked about debt a huge ton on the show, but it's not that you just use money mindset to approach existing debt. It is recognizing that that existing debt has been created or has accumulated because of an existing money mindset problem. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's not the debt that's the problem. It's the mindset that we need to solve. So the only way to really get rid of debt and stay debt free is to work on your money mindset first. And that's why um, lots of people's approaches to kind of personal finance telling you, oh, you just need to stop drinking lattes and pay down your debt, or you just need to do this, or you just need to plan. A lot of the reasons why those things don't work for people are because it's not addressing the mindset issue and it's the mindset that has created the debt, that expects the debt or allows the debt or whatever the situation may be. And it's the same reason why lots of people get themselves out of debt and then find themselves back in it again or get out of the overdraft and then back in it, whatever the thing is, or pay off the credit card and then rack up more credit card debt. And it just comes from a mindset issue and that is totally possible and actually really easy and achievable to fix but it's just that people don't talk about it enough um inside my course limitless money i have a whole module on debt <laughs> and the mindset around debt and when you shift that mindset and shift the way that you think about debt first of all then paying down existing debt and getting rid of existing debt becomes so easy but until you've made that mindset shift it can continue to feel hard or even impossible sometimes so if that's something you're struggling with linda i would definitely urge you to be on the wait list for limitless money because there's a whole module on debt that i think you're going to absolutely love as well as of course all of the other modules in there 
Kathy Richards says, how many Facebook groups do you recommend that your clients are active in? Has this changed since you've started your business? Hmm, good question, Kathy. So, um, so here's what I would say, first of all, for context around this question. Um, I've mentioned before, and maybe you have or haven't heard me say this, that I grew my business almost all the way to six figures totally organically, which means without spending on ads. And I did that in a number of different ways. So I market myself on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook has always been my primary platform and Instagram my secondary platform. And I have my own Facebook group, Limitless Mothers, shout out to all the Limitless Mother members. Um, But one of the ways in which I was and still do to this day, actually organically marketing myself and my business was in other people's groups. So I'm a member of, say, well, I'm a member of loads of different groups, but we are regularly posting in and engaging in three groups, okay? Three really targeted and specific groups which contain audiences which align to my ideal clients. So I think if you have the type of business where somebody else has gone to the effort of (laughs) gathering together all of your ideal clients in one place and you can go in there and speak to them and provide value up front and maybe even promote yourself but it's not even essential for that to actually work for your business then you know that's a really great opportunity that you have so that just gives you a little bit of insight into one of the ways in which I've marketed myself and grown my audience. So lots of my initial members for the Limitless Mothers Facebook group of mine came from other groups. Um, more recently, they've come in from um, seeing ads that we run um, to my morning mindset routine. So if you came that way, hello to you as well. So in terms of what I recommend to my clients, now I wouldn't recommend to all of my clients that they are marketing themselves in Facebook groups or Facebook at all. (laughs) The thing is, is there's no one size fits all when it comes to um, business. You have to find the strategy that works for your business, your ideal clients, and also for you. Like if you absolutely out and out hate Facebook groups, there is no point you having a strategy marketing in Facebook groups, right? Um, So what I do with my clients is I get them to really lean into their strengths and also find something, some way of marketing themselves that plays into their strengths and helps them to target their ideal client base. So that's one of the things that we do together, right? So in terms of how many Facebook groups I would recommend, well, the answer is kind of mixed because I wouldn't necessarily recommend that strategy to all of my clients. For some of my clients, it's just not, it just doesn't align with their business model at all. So that's not something that they're doing. But yes, some of my clients are um, using that same strategy. And in which case, if this is something that you're listening and you want to be marketing yourself organically, I would recommend two or three at most. The reason being that It takes time to go in and meaningfully engage in these groups before you post. And I do think that's absolutely something you should be doing. I really don't like it when you see people just post and run and not actually engage with the other members in there. That's not how you build relationships and relationships lead to sales. So so if you want enough time to be going in, engaging a little bit first before you post in other people's groups, then I would say limit it to two to three. Um, And... I know it's tempting because there's so many groups out there, but when you do that and you focus your energy and attention on a smaller handful of groups, then you can gain more traction and more visibility in those groups. 
And she said, has this changed since you've started your business? No, not really, Kathy, because like I mentioned, this is something um, that I was using as part of my organic marketing strategy pretty much from the outset from launching my business and we still do it now. So um, no, and largely we have changed a couple of the groups over the years just as we found, you know, where my ideal clients are hanging out and where they're not. But some of the groups have been the same for the entire time. So, well, one of them in particular, um, one we kind of have toed and froed from and one we um, left entirely and replaced with another, but still only three. Okay. Hope that answers your question. Um, Kat McLeod says, where do you purchase your cute pink tops? <laughs> this question makes me laugh. I'm having a challenge finding long sleeves I like, or maybe I just like being in my beach clothes. Kat, I love your question. Um, my cute pink tops, let me think where they're from. So I predominantly shop at, let me think. Well, I know that Kat, I know you're in the States. So you might not have these brands there, but maybe they'll shift where you are. I really like the brand and other stories. Um, I like some stuff from H&M, particularly their conscious range. So it's more ethically, apparently, we'll see, um, produced and also their premium range. Um, and I like some things from Bowdoin as well. Where else? Zara. Um, those are my kind of like main go-to places for clothes. I really wouldn't... <laughs> I really wouldn't be taking style cues from me. I don't feel like I'm the most stylish or fashionable person, but I do um, appreciate your question. And here's the thing. I, actually, this is just a side note, ladies. I am really into any clothes which are made with like, natural materials. I can't bear anything synthetic anymore. Not just for environmental reasons, but that's true too. I just don't think it's good to be creating more plastic on Earth, right? Um, which lots of synthetic materials are essentially plastic. Um, but also it's just that kind of comfort and breathability that make me sound old. And the other thing is I'm really interested in finding out more about ethically and sustainably produced clothing. It's something that I feel quite strongly about, but I am struggling to find good brands that do things that aren't just dull, plain basics that actually look a little bit cute or maybe sort of a bit stylish. Um, if any of you are listening and you know of some really great brands that fall into that category, let me know. Please do let me know. Email us team at coryjavid.com. Send me a DM over on Instagram at coryjavid. Um, please do let me know just as a side note there. Um, here's what I would say, Kat, though. Um, you said you're, having a, you're having a challenge finding long sleeves that you like, or maybe you just like being in beach clothes. If you just like being in beach clothes, Kat, wear beach clothes, make that part of your brand. It's If it's who you are, just own it. I well, actually, I was going to give you a bit of insight into um, something that I'm doing for my branding, but maybe I'll, I'll hold back here, ladies. But let me just say that I am leaning more and more into just letting go of any ideas of what we need to be or should be in terms of how we show up. Part of the beauty of having an online business and not being in the corporate space is that we can just be whatever the hell we like and our ideal clients will resonate with it and it's okay to repel the people who don't. So Kat, if you show up in your beach clothes on say a Facebook Live and somebody doesn't resonate with that, they're not your people. <laughs> so permission to just keep wearing your, be your beach clothes, otherwise... If you um, want to check out where I've been shopping, go to And Other Stories and H&M and Zara and where else did I say? Bowdoin. Those are kind of some of, some of the main places. Oh, I quite like, is it Jules? Jules. I never know if it has a French pronunciation. Or I sometimes, occasionally get things there, but more things like coats, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Okay. Um, another question. Oh, another question from Kathy. Hey, again, Kathy. She said, did you time your weekly Facebook 
training in your group in the evening to have more consistent views? Would you say that a consistent time is more important than just doing it consistently? Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, before I had this podcast, I used to do Facebook lives weekly, at least inside Limitless Mothers. You can go back and have a look at them if you're interested. They're all in there in the videos section. And I timed it in the evening because it suited me. <laughs> so that's the time of day that I felt like doing it. Um, I was also slightly mindful that as mothers, um, we might have differing schedules in the day and we pretty much hopefully all have evenings, depends on what children are doing and with regards to bedtime situations. But um, but the other, the other, the only actual real consideration in terms of my audience that dictated my decision to have Facebook lives in the evening was that I know that my audience is quite split between the US and Canada and the UK. And so I know that if I am going live in the, in like the morning or the middle of the day, I may miss, I may miss a lot of the people. Um, what I would say about my audience and you guys, hey, is that, um, Facebook lives just weren't particularly suiting people. Um, most of my views would be on replay and not actually live. And that's why podcast works so well, because you get to listen to it as and when it suits you. But that's just me and my audience. So I wouldn't really worry about timing personally. I would go live at a time that works for you, that you can feel energized. Like if I felt like in the evening, my energy was a bit off, then it would not be a good time for me to be doing Facebook lives. Does that make sense? So whatever you're doing, if you're doing um, Facebook lives, Instagram lives, recording podcasts, recording YouTube videos, if you're doing any kind of video or audio content, and actually, even if you're writing content um, as part of your marketing strategy, I'd really encourage you to think about time of day in which you're, you're kind of most sparkly or you're most engaging or you're most enthusiastic so that you can do it then. And I would say that, um, and she said, is a consistent time more important than just doing it consistently? I think what you mean by that is, is that having that time slot more important than how frequently you do it? That's what I'm taking your question to mean. Um Yes, I, I would say the key is consistency. So over frequency, and this is true of Facebook lives, Instagram posting. So, you know, wherever you're at at your stage in business, anyone listening, doesn't matter. The thing is with your marketing that you want to be consistent. So the frequency will be dictated by your schedule and the amount of hours that you can dedicate to doing that thing, that element of your marketing. So showing up live on Facebook or on Instagram or creating content, whatever the things are, is very much governed by your schedule and how much time you have to create that content. But pick a kind of baseline frequency that you can commit to. Maybe that's once a week. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once a fortnight, whatever that looks like. And do that consistently. And then once you've been doing that consistently for a period of time, if you want to increase the frequency, absolutely go ahead. But I would always say that consistency is more important. The reason being that people then come to expect you at that time or day or week or whatever and they come to expect it and look forward to it and show up there. And then if you're showing up consistently online, then you're sending out those signals to your potential clients and customers that, you know, you can be relied upon because you show up when you say you're going to show up. Now, that doesn't mean that things don't occasionally go awry. But when you've been consistent, you've bought yourself some grace. So you've bought yourself some downtime. You've bought yourself a need to reschedule in a pinch because, I don't know, your kid's sick or something, right? 
So consistency, consistency, consistency over frequency in answer to that one. Okay, let me see. I think we've got time for one or two more and then I'm gonna have to wrap it up. So D Startup Lab <laughs> says, if you could do it all over, what would you do differently? Hmm, that's an interesting one. I'm not sure I would do that much differently. Is that really obnoxious to say? <laughs> now, here's the thing. It's not that I've done everything perfectly, but everything that's gone wrong or that's gone awry or that felt like it was a failure, I've learned from and I've grown from. So I'm not sure what I would change. The only thing that I would say is I would probably have hired Carly, my OBM, sooner instead of giving myself a BS story about uh, when it was justified to hire somebody to help me. Um... The other thing is that, let me just think, before I even launched my business, I did spend a lot of time farting around, as I've talked about before, with like fonts and things on my website. And I was quite scared of getting visible and getting myself out there, but not so long that it really hampered things. So if I was going to do anything, I would have probably just shortened that timeline, hired my coach sooner. Um, but it wasn't like really, really long periods of time. So I'm not sure that I would actually really do that much differently. Sorry if that's not a popular answer, but that's my truth, right? Because I own all of my failures along the way and I own all of the mistakes that I made and I trust the path that I'm on. So I don't have any regrets and I don't make myself wrong. So I don't think I'd do anything differently. Okay. Um, Supernaturally Healthy says, I'd love to know what your most recent struggles have been or what is a challenge for you right now in your business? Um, that's also a good question. I, like, I love these questions, ladies. These are great. Okay. Hmm. Let me have to think about this. Here's why this question's hard for me. <laughs> and again, <laughs> I'm at risk of sounding obnoxious here, but I'm just telling it like it is for me. I don't really struggle a lot. And that isn't that things don't go wrong. Of course they do. It's this business, right? Things don't pan out. We have to just experiment. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, I'll try this. <laughs> That's just how it is. But I don't see those things as struggles. And I've worked so much on my mindset that I very rarely get overwhelmed because I know how to prevent that, preempt it manage it and get out of it quickly when it happen. if it does happen. And struggling really is a mindset as much as it is a problem. So it's not that I don't have problems in my business. Of course, I have problems and challenges in my business. I'm a human and it's a business, right? That's just how these things go. If you had no problems and no challenges, you're probably not actually growing or doing anything. <laughs> so it's not that I don't have those. And I'll talk about some of those in a minute. But I don't feel like I struggle. So when you said, I'd love to know your most recent struggles, I can't really think of any. And it's not that I don't have mindset stuff either. So over the summer, I don't know if um, you guys remember me mentioning, but I, I uncovered four huge mindset blocks that I'd been toting around unwittingly. This is just the nature of it. I set my, a big goal for myself and then they bubbled up. And so I did the work to work on them. But the thing is, is when things like that happen to me now, because I've done so much mon uh, money mindset work, but also mindset work generally. But when things like that happen, I don't make it wrong. I'm not like, oh man, look at this big money mindset blog. What am I going to do? Now I've got to spend ages struggling with it and tussling with it. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is here. I will just go and pull the trigger on the things that I know I need to do to work through this and move past it. So this is the thing. And this is the thing that I get, I think gets misconstrued. So it's not that everything is 
easy for me in my business. It's not like, oh, every time I create a thing, it sells out instantly. Every time I launch something new, it works perfectly the first time. Every time I implement something in my business, it goes without a hitch. Every time I hire a person, it goes really well. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Please never assume that, okay? But the thing is, is this thing, the reason why it seems easy maybe from the outside, if, if that's how it seems, is because I decided that business and life gets to be easy and I don't sweat those things. I don't beat myself up. By the way, listen to that episode, the two most important relationships in your business. If you haven't already, if you listen to one episode that I've created so far, I would l- urge you to listen to that one. But I have a solid relationship with myself that I've built up. And so I don't beat myself up when things go wrong. I don't make it mean something about me or my business or my potential for success. I'm just like, oh, interesting. That didn't work. Cool. Let's figure out how to make it work or let's figure out the next step. So something that I had kind of recently, although going back a few months, is I had a a significant challenge with I brought on a new team member and it didn't work out. So that was a challenge. But Again, I wouldn't really describe it as a struggle because I didn't make it, I didn't inflate the thing by adding negative energy to it. Does that make sense? I didn't make it mean something about me, mean that I was not like able to lead a team effectively, mean that I would never be able to hire somebody who would do this well for my business because actually I have now. Um, Shout out to Helen (laughs) Um, from Mumfolk who's helping us with um, graphic design. But the point is, is it's not that I don't have challenges, but I just don't turn them into struggles because struggling, this is going to be really annoying. Struggling can be a bit of a choice, right? We don't have to. We don't have to struggle. And I'm happy to get help when I need it. I'm happy to ask for help. I'm happy to look at what's the lesson here and learn it and then just move on and leave the the thing in the past. So that's why I don't feel like a struggle. But what's the challenge for me right now in my business? Um, let me think. So Something that was a bit of a challenge was um, the template shop. Um, When we launched it, we set up a automated funnel to go with it. And the thing with automated marketing and funnels is that it is necessarily a test and tweak kind of situation. And we set it up in one way and it really didn't perform in the way that I wanted it to. And so that has been a challenge and something that we've been working on behind the scenes for really some time now. And we are now about to implement soon in the new year um, 2.0. <laughs> so we've done a lot of learning there, a lot of testing, and then done a big overhaul. So that's been a challenge, but it hasn't felt like a struggle. It's it's not it's not. Um, let me think. It's not converting at the kind of premium, optimum way that I want it to yet, but I'm not making that wrong, right? That's just part of the learning curve. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to. <laughs> um, but that has been a challenge because that hasn't been as straightforward as some of the other funnels that I've built in the past because it's a different type of offering, right? So um, yeah, I hope that's not too annoying of an answer to that question. But hey, this is my truth. And actually, I am glad that you asked that supernaturally healthy because for you, for anybody listening, if you are struggling in your business, if you're struggling with making money, if you're struggling with overwhelm, you don't have to. And and I just think we accept it too often. Don't make yourself wrong for being in that place. I've been there myself in the past, but it's just that when I started this business, I decided that wasn't going to be my reality anymore. I wasn't going to struggle anymore. Um, and I wasn't going to find things ha- like hard in that way. And I wasn't going to beat myself up anymore. I was going to be my own best friend. And so, yes, there's always challenges. There's always problems in business and challenges. But I just don't 
make them mean something that they don't. And that's why I move through them, learn from them and keep trucking along and stay largely happy and content in the meanwhile, because hey, it just is what it is. You're never going to be free from problems or challenges in your business unless you close the thing down. <laughs> then you have different host of problems and challenges. So I'm under no illusion that when I have scaled my business to seven figures that it will suddenly be free from problems and challenges. Of course, there'll be problems and challenges. They will just be seven figure problems and challenges, just different. That's all that it is. Um, so I don't struggle is the message there. And if you are struggling, um, then I would really urge you to reach out for support, find some support. Um, that could be from me, that could be from maybe a friend or um, uh, a community, whatever works for you, but definitely get some support if you're struggling. And it would really depend on what the nature of your thing is, but it doesn't have to be that way for any of us in any circumstances, okay? My loves, we are limitless. We get to decide that life and business is fun and full of ease and it doesn't have to be full of struggle or sacrifice or overwhelm. That is not my jam. I am allergic to those things. You can become allergic to them too. Okay, I'm going to have to wrap it up there, ladies, because I have to dash off to my call. Um, I've really enjoyed answering your questions. They've been quite the mix of questions. We've had some really specific business questions, questions on clothing, um, questions at high level, like my story, my journey, my challenges. It's been really enjoyable answering them. I'm sorry if I didn't get to your question. I will save it though and come back to it another time. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you have, you can find out more in the show notes, which are at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash Christmas. I'm not giving you a dash of woo today because here's what I want you to do. Here's your dash of woo homework. I just want you to go and enjoy Christmas and just really embrace that family time and embrace the abundance that we all get to enjoy at that time. And I don't mean just through stuff. But I just mean an abundance of love and abundance of connection with other people, an abundance of time and magic and joy. Just really throw yourself into it. That's your dash of woo this week. Just go and really embrace the magic of Christmas. And, you know, as you see kids believing in Santa and receiving gifts from Santa, it kind of makes you think a little bit about the universe and manifestation. Not that um, I'm exactly comparing the two. But, you know, kids believe in magic. We get to believe in magic too. We just get to believe in it maybe in our own different sort of adult kind of way. So that's my dash of woo message this Christmas. It's been really lovely chatting with you ladies um, and answering your questions. If you've enjoyed today's show and you want me to do another Q&A, another Ask Me Anything, then let me know. Send me a DM at Corrie Javid on Instagram. That's always my lightest inbox. So if you want me to answer, that's a good place to get me. Okay, my loves, I love you. Have a beautiful Christmas. Just have lots of giggles, lots of fun, lots of happy times. Uh, love you. And I will speak to you on the other side of Christmas. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. 
So, if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.